You've been listening to The Church Door. Thanks again for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me, Pastor Matthew Fenn, at revfenn, R-E-V-F-E-N-N, at iCloud.com. Look forward to having you with us again next time. Good morning, everybody. Hey, my uh, hey, Warren, are we ready to go? All right. Hey, good day. Ah, I, I'm Pastor Ron Moore. I'm the director of Lutheran Bible Translators of Canada, and it's my pleasure to be with you this morning for Bible class and worship, and to tell you a little bit about LBT Canada as well. Uh, what new things are happening and what God is doing among the people that we serve in Cameroon and in other parts of the world. Ah, but this morning in Bible class, we got to get into God's word together. And so let's do that and let's pray and ask God's blessing upon our time together. Heavenly Father, we do give you thanks and praise for all that you do in our lives how you turn everything together, working it together for good. And we, help, we thank you that you give us the eyes of faith to see that in so many ways. Help us, Lord, to remember what you do in our lives that is so good and filled with your blessing so that as we go forward in these crazy times, we can also remember that as you have been faithful in the past, you will be faithful in the future. Your word promises it, and we hear that word and rejoice in that word. In Jesus' name, we pray for your blessing this day, that we may be filled with the power of your word and the joy of our salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Ah, well, good morning, Pastor. The uh, great thing about God's word is that it is our window into who God is, what God is doing, and what he calls us to do as his followers, as those who are engaged in the mission work that he is doing in the world around us today. And so you'd think that if you look in a concordance, and you look for the word mission, 
you'd find lots and lots of references to the mission that God is, is doing. Interesting that there aren't a whole lot of use of that word in the English Bibles. But where there are translations uh, that use that word, there are not just one, but seven different Greek words that people in different translations translate into the English word mission. And so if we look at those words and the Greek words behind them, then we get a whole picture of what the mission of the church is and how that's all wrapped up in God's word and how important that is to share that word with one another and to get that word out in every language so that everyone hears that word in the language of their hearts. I ask you to turn first of all to Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. And this may be a kind of a funny verse to use, but it's one of the verses that a couple of translations in English translate one particular word into English, into as mission. Acts chapter 12, verse 25, the end of the chapter. The verse says, and Barnabas and Saul returned to Jer from Jerusalem when they had completed their service, bringing with them John, whose other name was Mark. Now, can anybody tell me which word in that verse they think would some translations translate as mission? What word is that? Service. Yeah, yeah. Paul and Barnabas, or Saul and Barnabas at this point, returned from Jerusalem when they had completed their mission. And the Greek word behind that is diakonia, which basically says service or servant in some grammatical forms of the word. What does service have to do with mission? Uh, any LWMLers in here? If you've got it, 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 some, some of you, that's great. In LWML Canada, we have a committee for mission service. And that mission service committee deals with layettes and medical missions and uh, quilts and needs for people around the world, making sure that they have the things that they need. And that's part of our Christian service. But it's not just taking care of people's needs. That's part of the mission of the church. It's a mission service. And, and so when we're reaching out to people in need, we are in some, in, in one way, we're meeting physical needs, we're meeting emotional needs. We're helping people get to the doctors and nurses and, and their medical appointments. Those are service-oriented things. And they take care of people's physical and emotional needs. 
but they're also caring for their spiritual needs because of who you are as you do them. Because you are Christ to that person. You are Christ's light shining to that person. And the things that you say, the things that you do, bear witness to Jesus alive in you. You are fulfilling that mission. I was just talking to our pastors in, in Cameroon, and they recently got a, a, a medical missions packet from, uh, from well, from Ardeth Pollux, from saying, I, I came from Fisherville, or it came from one of our churches in, Ontario, in Southern Ontario. But uh, it came from our, our Ontario District Medical Missions. And they are so grateful for that. Now, when we were in Cameroon a few years ago, um, my wife and I visited one of the orphanages that is part of the, the caregiving circle. Um, one of our pastors in Cameroon, uh, uh, LBT missionaries, uh, used to have a Bible study in his home. And he would gather people from the community and to meet for Bible study. One of those people ran an, this orphanage and all of the, or almost all of the children that come to this orphanage are Muslim children. But she is a Roman Catholic uh, nun and she bears witness to Jesus. And so we want to support that kind of mission that is building up people in, the, in, in, in telling them about Christ. That's our mission. And so we do that partly through our medical missions and the layouts and the baby care stuff that we send. And they know Jesus through that. You can't imagine the number of baptisms of Muslim children that she has enabled to happen through her witness to these kids. Then the whole family becomes aware of who Jesus is and desires what she has in her life in Christ. Uh, would somebody, or yes, let's look at Luke chapter four. Luke chapter four. Verse 43. Pastor Fenn, do the people read the verses or should I read the verses so it comes over the mic? Okay, great. <laughs> Would uh, somebody read verse 43? Okay, any guesses of what word gets translated sometimes as mission? Pardon? Preaching. Oh, that's a good thought. That's not the word that gets translated as mission, but that is part of the mission of the church. 
purpose. That's, that's not quite the Greek word that it is that is translated as that, but it's part of the phrase that gets translated into English. Pardon? Good news. Oh, isn't that a great word? But and, and still a part of the mission, but that's not the word that gets translated as mission. Sent. Yes, yes. The Greek word is apostole. Uh, this is the reason I was sent, Jesus says. This is my, the sending is the mission. Now, what does that tell you about the mission that we have as God's people? It needs a sender. This isn't something that people just decide off, off the top of their head or as a whim. Oh, I'm going to go over there and do this. No. Mission work involves somebody behind that doing the sending. Uh, pastor, uh, in order for you to be ordained as a, as a pastor in a, in a congregation, what's necessary? Exactly, yes. There is a process, isn't it? Isn't there? And, and so who does the examining? The seminary. Who does the calling? These guys, yeah. And so it's, coming here as your pastor was not Pastor Fenn's decision. <laughs> Aren't you glad he didn't? <laughs> what is a, a, a what is the first rule of a lawyer in a courtroom never ask a question that you don't know the answer that you're going to get <laughs> um so i trust that that's the answer um and 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 so for jesus in this situation who was his sender who sent him God the Father, yes. We have a great hymn in our hymnals, uh, Dear Christians, One and All Rejoice. And it says that the Father said to his beloved Son, tis time to have compassion. Now go, bright jewel of my crown, and bring to them salvation. That's, that's what happened. The Father said to the Son, go. For this purpose he was sent for preaching the good news of the kingdom of God in every place where he was called to do that. For him, that was all of the towns in, in, in uh, Judea, in Israel. For the lost sheep of, the Israel, of Israel, that's who he was called to, to come to. Now, he didn't limit himself to that because he went to some of the Gentiles around too, and some of the Gentiles came to him too, and he preached the good news to them. But he was sent to the children of Israel. Uh, for our missionaries too in LBT Canada, they have a call. Now, it's from God for one thing. They don't just do that on their own. 
I mean, there are very few people who would choose to go to the outback wilderness, in, uh, the, the jungle villages of Cameroon uh, for a holiday. Uh, they're called to do that. God moves in their hearts to do that. But then they go through an examination process and they go through linguistic training. And they're trained as Bible translators beyond their seminary training. And then they're sent by Lutheran Bible translators as an LSO of LCC, as a listed service organization of LCC, to go and preach the good news in the language of people's hearts. We don't do this just as a whim or just because somebody comes into my office and says, I wanna go. Yes, we are desperate to have some positions filled, but that's not the way we act and not the way we work as God's people, as his church. Uh, would somebody read Galatians chapter two? Let's turn there, Galatians chapter two. And would somebody read verse 8? Okay. Now, what word gets translated as mission there? Ministry, yes, yes, yes. And that ministry for Peter, who was that minister, who was he called to be a minister to? I'm sorry. No, uh, no, that's. Uh, who was Paul called to be a missionary to? To the Gentiles. And who was Peter called to be a missionary to? To the Jews, yeah. And so you've got a call from God that is very specific. And then that worked through the church, for Paul especially. He heard God's call, I will send you as a light to the Gentiles. God said to him directly. And yet, he didn't immediately go on a missionary journey, but the church in Antioch, where he was kind of a, a, a member, a little bit of a super member probably, but a member, that congregation recognized that God had called him. And so the congregation sent him on that missionary journey to the Gentiles. Um, then Acts chapter 15. Acts 
verse 38. Would somebody read verse 38? All right. Any idea what word in that verse gets sometimes translated as mission? Work. work. Yeah, work. The Greek word there is ergon. Work. Simply work. Mission work is laborious, laborious. Mission work is not something that comes easily. Uh, what are some of the obstacles to mission work that you would imagine in a place like Cameroon? Language, yes, yes. Culture. Oh, culture, oh yes. So different. <laughs> government. Oh, yes. Uh, we have a whole protocol for when crises happen um, because of changes in government or because of uh, conflict between tribes or because of all kinds of situations that you can imagine. Ways that we can make sure that our missionaries are safe or make sure that our missionaries are able to get out of the country to another place where they can either be safe there or they can get home to Canada. But yes, yes. Resources. How do you get resources to them? Yes, it's very challenging. Uh, for the last at least six months, maybe longer, uh, Cameroon postal system has been closed to North American mail. So they have not been able to receive any and they have not been able to send any out. Uh, that has severely limited what we've been able to do. We work through email and digital means, but there are many things that we would love to get over there, but we simply can't because the postal system has closed down. That's all because of COVID. Uh, then there is also the cost. It's extremely expensive to send packages and send uh, bulky items uh, between here and, Cam and Africa. It's very challenging. And we want to be good stewards of our funds. So whenever any of us go over to Africa uh, for uh, oversight over over the situations over there or to care for our missionaries. We always take probably three, maybe four hockey bags filled with all kinds of things, as much as we can possibly put on the airplane. And uh, it's much cheaper that way than to try and mail them. It's work to overcome these obstacles. It's, it takes time and patience to deal with the different culture. It takes an extremely long time to learn the languages. Uh, one of the 
One of the languages that we have been working in for over almost 40 years now uh, is the Kwanja language. That language has at least a dozen dialects. And so you have to choose which dialect you want to translate the Bible into to begin with. Then you've got to learn that dialect. We, our missionaries in that language group, uh, chose one dialect and then realized, oh, we've got a second dialect that really is equally important. And so they, they translated the New Testament into one dialect and then translated uh, a lectionary, uh, a three-year three lectionary uh, series book for the other dialect so that we could have something to reach all the a vast majority of the people. As they were developing the second uh, lectionary and the second dialect, they were told by linguists, you're not just dealing with a second dialect, you're dealing with a whole second language. There were so many differences and so many changes that had to be made, not just to the uh, vocabulary, but to the very letters that had to be used. They had to develop new, uh, new alphabet uh, for the different sounds that this other dialect made. It's a very good challenge, very great challenge. Praise God, he gives us the people, the skills, and the resources to be able to get, these, get his word into these languages. The language that Pastor Mike Kuhn uh, translates the scriptures into, the Nisa language, is a tonal language, which many of the African languages are. But that means that you don't even only have to get um, uh, an, an, a, a very complicated alphabet, but you also have to uh, put in the accent markings and little dots and squiggles in the, in the text to tell you what kind of tone, high, low, middle. Uh, there are 12 tones, seven different accents, and, she uh, what did he say? 30-some letters uh, in, this, in the Nisa language. And so developing an alphabet and developing the writing ability for this language is a huge challenge. Uh, but God, again, works through native speakers of this language and brings them into, into connection with our missionaries so that they can make this happen. Praise God. But it is work. It's laborious and it's time consuming. It isn't a fast process. We sent uh, Martin and Joan Weber to Cameroon in uh, 19, oh, what's 40 years ago? I lose track, 82. Uh, and they, it took them until 2006 to translate the New Testament and get it published. We sent Mike Kuhn in 2012 to Cameroon 
And already they are well on their way to having an, a, a Nisa language New Testament in place. It won't be for several years, but they are much farther ahead thanks to technology, thanks to the, the computer programs and software that have been developed to make translation work so much easier. But it's still a long process and still a lot of work. Then look at 1 Corinthians chapter 16. First Corinthians chapter 16. And would somebody read verse nine? All right, yes. What's the word or two words actually in this one? that are translated by one Greek word that often get translated into mission. Effective work, yes. And that is um, a related word to the Greek word ergon, work, basic work. This is energeon. So it's energetic work. And so we get the word energy from that, from that Greek word. But so it's energetic work, effective work, work that God is behind using his power and, and, and pouring out his gifts to make this happen. This mission work is effective work. And that's why we see such wonderful results, not only in getting Bible translations published, but in what that word does as we develop scripture engagement programs where people are trained in how to take that word out into the villages and have uh, Bible study groups and listening groups for the, with the audio versions of these, of these texts. And then we also have literacy programs where we go into the village and, and teach them uh, teach them literacy in their own language so that they can read what they are, what we are publishing. And God works in amazing, powerful ways to make that happen. Uh, it, he blesses that work. It is energetic. It takes energy, it, but it's also joyful. It is not a grim task. It is energizing work. And when you see people coming to know Jesus, when you see Muslim, uh, Muslim people uh, converted to know Jesus as their savior, when you see uh, African natural religions being uh, people worshiping the, in animistic ways in these villages, turning to Christ, by the power of the word that they have now in their own language of their heart. Uh, 
it, what energy and, and, and that gives to those who are translating that word, to those who are bringing that word to the people of God, to the people in these villages, in these language groups. God brings energy and, and encouragement and joy as people see him, as, as our missionaries see him at work. And would somebody look at, uh, well, uh, let's turn one more time to Acts chapter 13. And would somebody read, uh, uh, yeah, verse 25. This is referring to John the Baptist. Okay. What word do you suppose is often translated as mission in that verse? Chorus, yes, yes. And the Greek word there is dramas. And that means the, the whole direction of one's life. And for John, the whole direction of his life was all geared to preparing the way for Jesus, preparing the way for the one whose sandals he's not worthy to untie. And that's what it is for you and me too, isn't it? The whole course of our lives, the whole direction, the way that we are to be walking is all about Jesus. It's all about bearing witness to him, giving him glory and praise, thanking him for all that is going on in our lives, looking to him for the help that we need, rejoicing in him in all circumstances. It's all about the whole being, the, who we are, is all about Jesus. Uh, that's what God calls every Christian to be. But when you look at somebody like St. Paul going off on his missionary journeys, who was he about? All about Jesus. I am determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And if you look at our missionaries, all of our missionaries from Lutheran Church Canada, but especially our missionaries from LBT, the course of their life is all about his word. Everything that they do is all about getting God's word into the lives and hearts of people. 
Pastor Kuhn, when he used, he and his family used to live in, in Galim, in the center of the Niza uh, language community. He was a part of the Lutheran church in that community. And he brought a whole new life to that community, that church, uh, in teaching them about evangelism, in teaching them about sharing the good news of God with their neighbors. They had a very small Christian community in Galim, a very small, even a smaller Lutheran community in Galim. But they were doing magnificent work as they reached out to their neighbors and just simply bore witness to Jesus alive in their lives by the way they acted, by the way they talked, by the love that they shared with their neighbors. The whole course of their life, not just what they did in Bible translation work, but in their hospitality, in their connecting with their neighbors, in their sharing the good news of Jesus through teaching evangelism uh, principles to the congregation in Galim. The whole course of their life was about proclaiming Christ to God, to the people in that community and beyond. And people came to faith. Praise be to God. One more passage I'd like to look at with you, and that is Luke chapter 24. And would somebody read verses 46 to 49? All right. What a great passage. I love that verse. Uh, can anybody tell me what Jesus' mission is in that verse? What was Jesus' mission? What was he called to do? To die, yes. It is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day and to die and rise from the dead on the third day. Yes, that's Jesus' mission. Now, what is the mission of his followers? You and me. To proclaim it, proclaim uh, the uh, repentance and the forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name. Yeah. And where should we do that? All, everywhere, to all nations. And the best way to do that is to translate that proclamation into the language of people's hearts so that they can understand it the best possible way. If 
I preached to you in French. How much would you understand? Un peu. Mais oui, mais oui. Et moi, et moi. Un peu, a very little amount. And what we do understand, I would get a, a word here and a phrase here and a phrase here, and I try and put it together and make some sense. Would I get necessarily the truth out of that? No. I would get the best that I could do with my minimal knowledge of French, and you too, probably. Now, what it would take is for us to have that proclamation in English. Now, then we can hear it, understand it in the best possible way, and understand the whole truth. In Cameroon, Many people, uh, the the they have, huh, Cameroon has two official languages. What do you think they are? One of them's English. What's the other one? French, just like us. Now, in Cameroon, the people that we work with in the province and the area that we work with LBT, uh, it's very French speaking. And yet, many people do not understand French a whole lot better than you and I do. They get a bit of it, and they understand a little bit. The language of the marketplace is fofolde, and that is a little bit better understood by the people there, because they use it a little bit more. But in, in one of the worship services that one of our missionaries was a part of in one of the villages, uh, he asked them what, what language this song that the choir sang was in. And they said, well, that's in Fofolde. Well, okay, I didn't understand a lot of it. So what, what did it mean? And they said, oh, well, we really don't know. We just sing it. It's fun to sing. That's a church service with presumably a worship song, but they didn't understand it. And then they sang a song in Kwanja. Their eyes lit up. They knew what was going on. They heard the name of Jesus proclaimed and they knew who he is. That's the joy that we have in bringing the good news of Jesus into the language of people's hearts. That's what it's all about, proclaiming repentance and the forgiveness of sins in Jesus' name to all nations, especially now to those who do not have the Bible in their own language. May the Lord bless us as we hear his word and share that word, and may the Lord bless our worship together as we hear that word together this morning. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer and prepare for worship. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Ah, God bless you all and look forward to... Welcome to the Church Door, a place where I can post my Bible studies and sermons for your listening pleasure. I'm the Reverend Matthew Fenn, pastor of St. Peter's Evangelical Lutheran Church in Stratford, Ontario. Thanks for tuning us in.